This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome back to Tort Talk. I am your host, Paul Stadden. And by host, I mean guy who doesn't know the law all that well. But that's why I'm here with Terrence Gross of Gross & Schuster, because he does know the law really well. He's the guy who's going to tell you all about today's topic, which is wrongful death. I am going to ask him questions. I'm going to be your proxy. I'll be the person who will ask a lot of stuff. I'm the guy number two. I'm the guy that gets to stand in for you. And he's going to be the guy who's going to give you the answers and the stuff that you actually care about. So welcome back, Terrence. Glad to talk to you on the show again. Glad to be here. Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to talking about this one today, as I'm looking forward to talking about them every single time, uh, because I don't know what wrongful, the differences between wrongful death and, well, any other form of death, really. So maybe you can kind of help me break this down. What is the difference between handling a wrongful death case and just a personal injury case? Well, one thing's pretty obvious, Paul. In a wrongful death case, I never get to talk to my client, the decedent. They're dead. I never get to hear their version of how it happened. And it, it makes it a lot more difficult. With the injury case, you come in, you got a whiplash, you broke some bones. I could say, Paul, tell me about the accident. Tell me about your pain. What did you see? What you know? What happened? And you fill me in with a wrongful death case. I don't have that. And you have to piece it together. And you got to be kind of like Sherlock Holmes piecing the facts together. The other uh, aspect, especially in Florida, it may apply to other states, but actually Florida has its own separate wrongful death statute. There's a statute mm-hmm. that governs all wrongful death cases. It changes the total rules of the game. Everything's upside down and just trying to figure it out. And every time I get a wrongful death case, I always pull out that statute. It's not very long. It's only one page, but I bring it out and make a copy for me and a copy for the potential client so they understand the rigors and the obstacles that we're going to have in proceeding. So it, it, it becomes, it's very difficult. And really, who is the client? That's another problem. So what if um, a man dies, he has three children, and the three children don't really get along with each other. Okay. Well, all three may go to different lawyers. So yeah. one person dies. Now you got three lawyers and there's fighting between the children. Fighting. I had a case where a prominent man died 20 years ago and he left four children, but he had a new trophy wife. So it wasn't the oh. children's mother. It was the new stepmom. And then she got her lawyer, and then it became, I hate to use this, but I think I could say it in my blog, I'm going to go ahead and step out and say, pissing contest. All right, fair enough. Because nothing describes it better than that, and that's what it was. And, you know, she she loved us more. No, he loved me. And and so all these things, it it becomes very unwieldy. Uh, Another aspect about the Wrongful Death Act that is very strange and contrary to all other forms of Florida law, is they define a minor as 25 years old or okay. younger. So that, like the rental car age then. All right. Well, yeah, right. I guess that's the okay. way you would look at it. Right. So, the, so a minor child under 25 
can make a claim for pain and suffering and loss of the parent, a 26-year-old can't. So that same case I had with the four children, he had three daughters that were the perfect daughters, every birthday, Father's Day, just, you know, very good relationship. And then they had the little brother, the 24-year-old wayward son who was in and out of rehab, couldn't hold a job, you know, fights with the dad. He needed money. And, you know, we've heard this story before, but he was the one that could make the pain and suffering claim. The daughters that were so close to their dad because they were over 25 and not dependent on their dad were not allowed to make a pain and suffering claim. So just unfair consequences but yet we're stuck with this draconian wrongful death act that was probably written in the 1970s. And it's still good law today. It's been the law my whole career. Okay. So what is wrongful death versus a murder, a, a manslaughter, uh, an accident? Like what, why do we have this phrase wrongful death? Aren't all deaths wrong? Well, if, if I were to keel over right now from a heart attack... Please don't, by the way. That would make my I, studio I, very unpleasant to come into. Correct. Correct. It'd be pretty scary. But if I did, uh, that would be a death. It would be wrongful. It'd be... I died. Uh, so so people do die all the time. Uh, we call it natural causes is what we hear. But a wrongful death means within my line of work, it means that you were killed due to the negligence of another remember the what we call this 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 series of blogs tort talk a tort is a civil action for a civil wrong monetary damages for a civil wrong wrongful death you have been wronged and that you died due to the negligence of another not murdered because a murder could lead to wrongful death i'll give you a good example you brought it up I just thought of this. Sure, okay. And you know this. As soon as I say it, you get aha. Okay, okay. O.J. Simpson. Aha. Murder. Okay. Murder. But what happened? Ron Goldman's family pursued him for a wrongful death uh, case because he wrongfully killed uh, Goldman, in their opinion. And that civil jury agreed and awarded that family $24 million against uh, OJ, he was acquitted in the criminal case, but under the wrongful death case, they got $24 million on paper. But anyway, so again, so wrongful death, you've, you've not natural causes, uh, not self-inflicted, not suicide. Uh, you've died wrongfully. And where I normally see it is, you know, car accidents. Okay. And, that, and that's where it comes across my desk because I'm variably most... Uh, the deaths are caused by car wrecks and wrongful death cases don't happen every day. Car wrecks happen every day. Whiplashes happen every day. Uh, but uh, I'm always handling at least one or two wrongful death cases at a time. Okay. Now there is a thing called the wrongful death act, right? Right. Okay. So is this something that is pretty, I don't know, I want to say freewheeling, but, you know, loose, vague, or is it really restrictive? Like, does it make your job tougher? Very restrictive, makes makes my job so much tougher. Uh, Some okay. of the things we're talking about, this this age majority, who can make a claim, who is a decedent. Uh, then there's another, they twist language around. So if I was representing you for an injury claim and you couldn't work, I can make a claim for your lost wages. 
So if we could show that Paul was making 80000 a year. And Can he, you please show that? That'd be great, by the way. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> um, but if, if you were making 80000 a year and you filed your taxes and so forth and you couldn't work and, we could, and the doctors say, nope, he can't do this anymore, uh, then we'd make a claim for those lost wages. When it comes to wrongful death, they don't say uh, loss of earning capacity. They say loss of net accumulations. So what if you made 80000 a year and you spent every penny every year between your mortgage and your children and a trip here and, and uh, paying off student loans or whatever you're doing because you, know, you do pay taxes and it doesn't go around. So what if you just weren't able to save at this point in your life then you have no net accumulation. So if you get killed, it seems like you'd have an economic claim because your wife is stuck with the children and the house and lost your income. But under the Wrongful Death Act, we can't make a claim for your lost earnings. We can only make a claim for your loss of net accumulations. So oh. it's sort of legalese. I know it's legalese, but it's, it is another restrictive covenant that is part of this statute so if i'm in debt then if i'm like making eighty thousand dollars a year but i spent 85 this year would that just kind of shaft my family if i died well on the net accumulations and i i've got horror story after horror story how much time do you think we have in this blog gosh uh we have a couple more minutes if you have a good story I, i'd love a, to end a, it on a story that would be a impactful. quick one yeah please so Years ago, Hurricane Opal happened, and it was a rich millionaire from Atlanta that was t- trying to get a boat out of town. And we know in down here in Florida, when the lights go out because of our hurricane, it becomes a four-way stop. Everybody that should know that just living and breathing down here, well, he didn't know that. Oh. And these people stopped, looked both ways, and they pulled out, and this guy just blew right through and killed three people. Well, two of the people were in their 80s. So they're in their 80s. They were retired. They were actually newlyweds. It was her first marriage. He had been married before, but he didn't have any kids. So they had no survivors, no one to bring a pain and suffering claim. And they lived on Social Security and pretty much spent it. You know, their Social Security covered the food and covered the rent and nothing more. They had no net accumulations. So I'm looking at the statute. And I'm thinking, wait a second. These people have been killed. It sounds like it should be million-dollar cases, and under Florida law, maybe nothing. I mean, because there was no one to bring a pain and suffering claim, nobody, and there there was no net accumulations. There was, and and that was sad. And I ended up settling a very small settlement, almost embarrassing. But due to the draconian measures of the statute, uh, it, it 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 caused problems. So. Uh, there's many, many statutes out there. We may discuss some future blogs that, that uh, hinder a uh, lawyer such as myself in pursuing a otherwise valid claim for a plaintiff. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think that's a good place to end it, uh, Terrence. So if someone does want to contact a lawyer such as yourself, what do they do? Well, for me personally, uh, I would say my phone number at work is 850 434 3333. We have a great website. We actually have web pages on wrongful death, and our website is grossandschuster.com. All right. Well, you heard him. If you want to get a hold of Terrence, that is how you do it. Today, we've been talking about wrongful death. Next week, we're going to get into experts. So, things like how hard is it to become board certified? Other things that you're going to want to know about 
experts. But hey, that's going to be on next week's show. Thank you, Terrence. We'll see you next time. Take care. Take care.